Hello, everybody. This is David Bixenspan here, and I am joined by Dylan Hale for the beta episode of This Week in Wrestling for KHITs.com. Um, this is kind of just a dry run because we figured we should do one also because we felt like we had to, if we were going to do it, we should start this week with everything that's happened. And starting this weekend, it should be something that we'll just record on Sundays on Skype, so better audio quality and no live stream, but it's not like we're interviewing anyone, at least as part of this, necessarily, that you'd be asking questions of, so I think should, that should be okay, and, you know, if anything, if we have any alternative ideas, then we'd let everyone know. Dylan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, excited to uh, talk to pro wrestling, as always. Alrighty, so... Plan is is that obviously uh, Macho Man Randy Savage passed away on Friday morning, um, in some after some sort of medical event caused caused a car accident. Although the car accident didn't kill him, and um, as far as you know, memories and all that of Randy Savage, figured we'll save that for the end, just so we have as much time as we want, so we don't you know just run long with that and run out of time for everything else. Uh, but you know just. Latest today, at least, is that the coroner, I think, spoke to some news site and said that he that toxicology that the that it being inconclusive pending toxicology the uh, autopsy excuse me didn't necessarily mean that they thought it was caused by some sort of drug reaction as much as that it was covering all their bases. I believe that's what it was. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a bizarre. Um, I you know. Let me. I'll, uh, I'll bring my iPad back out and you you go ahead and. Like I mean, we, we 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 can get into more of this later. Although I'd, you know, the end of the show, I'd rather really talk about fond memories. But I, that that's yeah. sort of uh, a part of me wonders if that sort of you know um, language would would not have been used if not. If they were dealing with somebody else other than a pro wrestler, it's almost it's almost assumed that I think there's there's going to be something more nefarious uh, uh, involved. And, and I, I I don't know. I, I mean, I could be wrong. It's just a very uh, almost a cryptic uh, way of way of putting that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we'll you know we'll have our more pleasant memories later. I would you know I would think that they'll find in large heart. Or they did. Oh yeah, I think that's almost a given. Sure. You know, um, whether or not he tested positive for any would have test will end up testing positive for any recent drug use. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, no way of knowing. He certainly looked more healthy and in better shape than last time we saw him, where it looked like he just cold went off steroids and aged twenty years. Um, you know, the last time we saw him, I guess in the wedding photos, but. You know, we don't know. I mean, you know, it's a hard, you know, however you want to slice it, heart attack, you know, in Randy Savage, steroid use is going to have contributed in some form. Sure, sure. I mean, I I think in a lot of ways, uh, 
if you if you look at Savage's demeanor and some of the more the the more infamous uh, Savage Road stories, I think a lot of which are known. But yeah. it's it's kind of amazing to to see that he made it to sixty. I don't I don't mean that in a or almost sixty. I don't I don't mean that in a demeaning way either. I mean he he's a guy that that certainly I think a lot of people uh, w- would have felt years ago. Uh, that, boy, this this guy could 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 have a a real meltdown. Uh, and I think it's actually a good, I, I think it's actually a, a positive sign in, in a weird way uh, that, that he, he made it as long as he did, because I think a lot of people uh, from that time period who had some of the uh, same uh, habits or assumed habits uh, as, as Macho had definitely did not make it that long. Uh, and, and the fact, you know, that he got together with his, with his high school, uh, high school sweetheart years later, I mean, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good ending in, in a weird way, uh, to a story that could have ended a lot worse. Uh, yeah. I mean, and at least he get the impression that he at least, you know, for a guy that, you know, had, certainly had a reputation as being high strong, you get the impression that he at least was somewhat definitely more together the last several years. Absolutely. And I, I, I also always sort of found it admirable that, that he never went back to Vince. I mean, I, I know now, now everybody sort of says, boy, it would have been nice to have one last send-off, and I think that everybody who is a longtime fan of his, like both of us were, feel that way. But uh, I also think it was, in a way, in a, in a way it's, it's nice to see that somebody <laughs> – you know, just said no. I'm I'm gonna walk away, and I don't have to come back. I don't have to come back for the money, like Flair has had to, and like a lot of these other guys have had to. Uh, that 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 actually makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, because so many of these other guys just piss away everything they have or, or oh, come back because Hogan they like can't let go. Hogan, I guess you wouldn't necessarily say he pissed it away, but Hogan now needs the money badly. Oh yeah, now now, now absolutely. <laughs> and, and the divorce and, and, and the and the settlement. Um, you know, I, you know, I guess you could say that he maybe probably invested too much money into the houses. I guess. I, I, yeah, I think that's probably. I, I think you could get rid of the qualifier there. I don't think that's a maybe. I think that's a definite. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, post especially with the housing market collapse. I mean, the, Hogan and the, I think a lot of these guys were were victimized sort of by the get rich scheme of real estate in general. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know that, but I think if you look at what a lot of wrestlers invested their money in, especially wrestlers from that era, oftentimes it was real estate. And it would not surprise me if a lot of these guys have sort of not necessarily fallen on brutally hard times, but uh, really gotten themselves deep, deep into debt. Yeah. Um, by the way, the quote um, from the medical examiner it was after they said, though, that it was that they, actually they weren't just looking for toxicology. I had misread it. It was that the results of histology, which is microscopically looking at the tissue for disease, that is also not going to be back for a month or so. So there's that. And also the medical examiner said these tests are, quote, typical when someone is operating a motor vehicle and leaves the roadway for no reason and impacts some, impact something or someone. We have to go through everything thoroughly to see thoroughly to see if there's an explanation as to why that occurred and if there are any other contributing factors. We have to rule that out. The tests are also to quote make sure someone it, when make sure when someone dies. Sometimes people will make allegations that they may have had this or may have had that in their system. These will answer those questions. So the article then says that the medical examiner added that no such allegations had been made in this case. So it's actually a little weirder than you thought it sounded. 
Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that actually makes it substantially more bizarre, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, not necessarily, although maybe not quite as bad <laughs> in, um, in a way. I don't know. I, I mean, look, it is a bizarre uh, instance. I, I mean, uh, not that people don't have medical issues and, and, and die while driving. I mean, that's yeah. probably very common. But it, 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 the, the uh, you know, I mean, uh, the the footage uh, or the I shouldn't say the footage, but the, uh, the the picture we have of the vehicle really doesn't look like the vehicle had nearly as much damage as you would expect from from a you know what initially we thought was a fatal car crash, uh, and, and you know the fact that his wife walked away I, I guess relatively unscathed, um, you know I mean it it definitely sounds like a a uh, a pretty pretty uh, interesting. Situation. I mean, you you've got to assume that uh, somebody um, that there that there was a you've got to assume based on what we know that uh, the medical issue was was pretty much whatever it was, whether it was a heart attack or, or something else, was the main cause of death. I mean, yes. they they said very little. You know, they said very little trauma to the body, physical trauma. So it was not the it was absolutely not the car the car accident. The car accident did not injure him in a way that killed him. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 and that, that, uh, man, that's a, that, that really is an odd, odd stuff. I, I guess, well, I guess we'll find out more. I mean, I guess we'll, uh, obviously we'll find out more, but, uh, you know, this is certainly a, a, I, it, to me, it's just one of the stranger, uh, uh, wrestling deaths, which is <laughs> really saying something if you think about it, but it, it is, it is very, very strange, um, uh, because I, I honestly, I honestly don't know if they'll ever know. To be honest with you, I don't. This isn't, you know, this isn't going to be a, a story. I don't think where we're ever really going to have conclusive, uh, hard evidence as to what caused the death, because the circumstances are just so bizarre. You mean in a way that maybe just, you know, that maybe if he had a heart attack and had not been even mildly injured, that maybe something else could have been done, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. So, anyway, you know, that's the news end of it. So, you know, the good stuff, you know, the pleasant memories that we're going to save for the end to make sure we take care of everything else first. So, the, you know, we did have pay-per-view, but really the other big wrestling story, Ring of Honor. And (laughs) it's a story that started weird and got much weirder yesterday and today. (laughs) This story, I, look... I don't even. I mean, first of all, I don't want to say that there's no good that can come of this from Ring of Honor, because you know I do think having a television show, um, you know, By the way, it's, for those for who, if for whatever reason you haven't read about it, Sinclair Broadcast Group, uh, um, a you know TV station owner, they own TV state about TV stations in sixty markets, um, kind of very. Um, oddly political. <laughs> uh, that, that may be an understatement. <laughs> yeah, um, they bought Ring of Honor, 100%. Um, at least for now, the whole office staff staying on. They're bringing on some guy who's been working there and as head of sales for several years to, as COO of Ring of Honor, who had been, who apparently had some TV side role in the Florida Battle of the Belt Syndicate of Life Specials in the mid-80s, you know, there were only three of those. It sounds like a Jim Hurd thing, which, you know, 
It sounds well. No, what it sounds like is that Jim Bro, Bro, uh, Jim heard uh, uh, Howard Brody uh, almost <laughs> combination thing. Why Howard Brody? I mean, it just it, it feels like it feel, you know. I mean, Bro, look. First of all, I don't know if anybody if, for people who haven't read Brody's books, Swimming with Piranhas, it really is a, a very good pro wrestling book. That is, is, I think, if it had been written by a bigger name, I think would be widely regarded as one of the better pro wrestling books of the last ten years. But the <laughs> it, Brody's book covers a lot of these sort of. Um, uh, grandiose schemes, uh, wrestling wrestling syndication schemes. He got involved with basically because he he really did did love the business, just want to be involved in it somehow, or at least that's the feeling you get reading the book. And, and he had some crazy ideas himself. Going back to when he first started, I mean, he what was it? There was some he tried to get a, res, a wrestling news radio segment syndicated in the mid eighties. Oh yeah, at least I believe two or three different times he tried that. He, uh, I mean, he, oh, he interviewed. For editor of WWF magazine with Linda McMahon <laughs> under an who, assumed name, right? Who Linda, had been, Linda. Yeah, who had been writing, who had been editor of the magazine as Linda Edwards. Um, you know, and, he, and you know, and he ended up being president of the NWA in the late nineties, and sort of, and the really, you know, the president of NWA as membership started exploding after the NWA angle on WWF TV, which is not not an angle that you would really think would encourage people about the NWA. <laughs> no. It was a bizarre – the whole thing was bizarre. Uh, uh, and, 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 you know, I mean, in the, from the perspective that, that Brody was a guy who clearly really loved the business. Um, but he seemed – he always seemed to be either a step uh, in front, uh, a step ahead of where the technology was, or a step behind of where the technology was. And I, I, I think, uh, you know, he tried to get into the Internet streaming deal way too early at a point where you couldn't even stream anything on the Internet correctly. Yeah, you would I, argue yeah, um, at, at least five years, maybe too early, probably ten years too, at least ten years too early for it to be remotely effective. Yeah, I mean, I, I and uh, you know, I don't know how many people have been around since you know the, the that period when people. I, I guess it was, uh, boy, what were they streaming on One Wrestling? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't they remember on where One Wrestling. They weren't on One Wrestling. Um, ECW and Music City Wrestling. That's were, right. Uh, Music City was. I, I I couldn't remember who was. I knew there was at least it was them and um, what, what you call it? What was it was the them in. I think in concert with Mark Cuban, with whatever Mark Cuban's old site was that became Broadcast.com, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe that is right. And, um, and, uh, any, anyway, I mean the the point is uh, that that he was Brody was always a step ahead or a step behind. He was never in sync with any uh, media trend that would have been something he really could have latched onto. And I think that's sort of kind of the feeling I, I have about Ring of Honor at this point. I mean, about Ring they, of Honor they, in general or Joe uh, Cobb. Uh, about Ring of Honor in general, I, I, I feel like as a as – a, it seems like they've always been either a, a, a step ahead of where they should be, um, you know, or a, or a step behind in terms of that. And not to the extent Brody was. I mean, they've obviously been more successful than any of Brody's ventures were long term. And, I, you know, I, but I, you get the feeling that this particular – situation has I mean and like I said I don't want it to be I think it's dangerous to present it as totally negative because I do agree with a lot of people who are saying that it is a good thing for them to have a TV show to focus on it, 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 it that that is a benefit of it uh but the idea I mean it's 2011 uh, you can't rely on syndication in 2011 I, it, it's just not going to work and, and on top of it is, 
It's not on top of it, a lot of the markets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, they are Sinclair. You know, they have at least what we've heard so far is that they're going to. You know, they have sixty stations. They're going to. ROH is going to start on about a third of them. You know, they have some major markets. They're not. They don't have any stations in ROH's actual successful markets. No, I mean they. I mean, they, from what I've seen, they supposedly will be airing here, here where I live, down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Which, you know, good for me. I'll have another show to watch. But, uh, you know, I mean, they've never run anywhere near here. I mean, the closest they've run is Charlotte, which is three and a, uh, three and a half hours away. I, 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 and on on top of that, that's another thing I think kind of interesting about this is. You know, they're keeping on a lot of people. Cornette, obviously, has been kept on. Kevin Kelly, although Prezak's name, I don't think, was mentioned in the press release. Prezak's name wasn't mentioned in either press release. As far as I know, he's sticking around, though. Well, well, that's good. I mean, but but the story, I mean, it's... And and a national expansion into... Well, not national, but you know what I mean. They're planning on expanding into... Let me look up. You know, they're... Some of these, at least you can say, are traditionally good wrestling markets. Well, look, I mean, look, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I feel, of course, I'm biased. I, I mean, I feel like Charleston's a pretty good wrestling market. But the the, the point is, you're not going to make a ton of money down here, even if you run. Uh, and it's and, not and, even and, the type of wrestling that'll probably draw even whatever no, would no, no, there. It, it wouldn't. I mean, I mean and, you know, you're not going to uh, – Kyle O'Reilly is not going to draw as well as Ricky Morton in Charleston, China, period. It's just, it's just, it's just not going to happen. And, uh, you know, I think a part of me wonders if Cornette actually had his fingerprints on any part of this deal uh, directly. If he was, And the only reason I say that, and I could be dead wrong, and, and you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to suggest that I know anything about this, but, uh, you know, at least a few of these stations, certainly the one in Charleston, are, are, are stations that used to run Smoky Mountain years ago. And I always thought it was puzzling that Smoky Mountain aired down here to begin with because this is – well outside of the territory they ran it. Uh, I mean, Charleston's... Uh, Bill Barron, well, Bill, Bill Barron syndicated the show outside of markets where they ran shows in a little bit, either to, you know, to get them a little bit of merchandise sales, you know, through Bart or something like that. They were on in Philly, too. They were on in Philly. They got sort of run Philly eventually. Yes, they ran, a of, uh, they ran a couple of they ran a couple of split shows up with Dennis Portluzzo. That's right. Yeah, I mean, they never did anything. I mean, the closest thing they ever ran here again was Charlotte, which is three and a half hours away, and I think they only ran Charlotte maybe twice. I, it, it's a, it, there's something. I mean, there's that something to be thing. said. There's something to be said for this for 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 having the TV show. I mean, okay, I I, I understand that, but I, it's very also. The financial situation here is very strange because it is a full buyout. That 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 really kind of shocks me. Is that this is a full blown buyout by Sinclair? See, um, I don't know if that shocks me because you gotta get the you gotta have the feeling that this was just Carrie Silken deciding, okay, I'm cashing it. I'm cash cashing in, cashing out. However, whichever way saying it you think is more appropriate. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's obviously what it was. That's obviously what it was. But at the same time, I, I think to one degree or another, Ring of Honor's uh, the, maybe the only consistent identity it's had over the years is that it's, it carries vanity promotion. Uh, I mean, and I actually don't even mean that in a negative sense. But that that that's basically what the one consistent theme. And if you if it's not that, then what the hell is it? 
I mean, I, I, I don't know what I don't know how they uh, identify as a group at this point, uh, especially because the what they present is not something that I think is going to be easily accessible and digestible to modern uh, uh, American wrestling fans, especially the sort of people that watch syndicated TV. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, if you're watching Judge Joe Brown and the very next thing that comes on is Ring of Honor Wrestling, you're probably not going to stay on Ring of Honor Wrestling. I mean, okay, it's a wrestling show. It's either going to be on weekends, Fridays, or Mondays, if they have some kind of consistent time slot. Um, or, Which I think know, is a big if, by the way. Yeah, I, I, right. I, I think that's almost a guarantee that won't happen. It'll be well. It'll be on somewhere in the weekend stratosphere. You would have to think. I don't see why they wouldn't do it as weekend syndication. It's going to be a weekly syndicated show. I don't even know if there are any weekly syndicated shows that are on during weekdays. But you know, syndication nowadays the only thing that works in U.S. syndication is our talk shows. Judge shows, sitcoms, and you know some dramas and some late night movies. Drama, you know, does not do nearly as well, you know, for obvious reasons, especially if it's serialized. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, wrestling has not, you know, as I wrote about it on Case I T, wrestling has really, wrestling's only been really out of, fully out of you know, U.S. syndication for about five, six years, it hasn't been a vehicle for local promotion in, in over 15. Oh, yeah. I mean, easily. Or about, I, yeah, I mean, you know, you can say, you know, I guess, you know, 15, give or take a few months. Cause well, I mean, Superstars well, ended, WWF Superstar, you know, our, WCW never used it really for local promotion, you know, in the 90s, that was I mean, I mean that the last the last group who I think used it really well for local promotion was probably ECW, uh, and, and even even there it was it was not local promotion in the traditional pro wrestling sense they with the, you know, like the tape it. promos and, and the uh, you know the town specific promos or anything like that. Right, you know, WWF was the last one to do that, and that was a good 15 years ago. Yeah, and you know they. They went back into syndication. I guess it was, I don't know the exact specifics of why they stuck around after Shotgun Saturday Night kind of blew up in their face after a couple months. Yeah. But, I've never, you know, I've always wondered about that because, you know, Meltzer's talked, Dave Meltzer, the wrestling service, talked about it. Syndication absolutely died for WWF in 1996. Yeah, it did. They had the B&C shows, Challenge and Spotlight had died a year earlier. All they had left was superstars, and superstars moved to USA in the fall. And, you know, and before that, superstars, you know, it had been on a pretty decent amount of Fox affiliates, and it was getting preempted all and bumped all over the place because Fox had just gotten baseball. So, you know, and so that, you know, that was at least the case in New York. I'm sure it was the case in probably most markets where it was on Fox. Sure. Yeah, I was, there was a case down here, and we don't even have a, a local baseball team. We've right, been getting for the Braves or whoever. Game on. Yeah. yeah, and it, you know, I, I, I can't even remember what the last episode of Superstars I would have seen was before they moved to USA because it was a good, you know, once this baseball strike ended, 
very inconsistent how much and, and the thing about that is uh, you know again and it, you know we'll talk about this some when we get to the the savage stuff at the end of the show but uh, Superstars was a uh, and, and and obviously primetime was there too. But Superstars, in a lot of ways, I think for the for the generation that WWF was marketing to, was really the flagship show because that that yeah. was the show that you watched after the Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> you know, or at least yeah. down here it was, and, and I, I think in, in a lot of parts of the country it was. And, yeah, and New York, New York, uh, New York after the expansion, I think they might have been on. Actually, no, because I know before my time they they had a few different slots in New York, but you know much of the country, at least for superstars, you know they tried to get a prime time slot like that. Challenge, nothing of any consequence really happened on, so it didn't matter as much. No, I, I mean all, all the angles and all the cool stuff was on superstars. Nobody gave a shit about that. I mean nobody cared about challenge. I, I you, you know I mean and we did we had both shows down here, but. Uh, you they had challenge wasn't what you watched. You watched you you watched. Uh, you watched yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to you know ROH, I guess you know at least in the short term, it's good for the wrestlers. It's good for the office staff. Yeah. Beyond that, you know what I I'm trying to figure out if this is if how much better if it is at all this is than getting on America One. Uh I. <laughs> I don't know if it is better than that. I mean, look, the the benefit, obviously, is are the things you just said. And I suppose another possible benefit is, depending on how committed Sinclair is to this, they they may be committed enough, and I think that is a very debatable point. Uh, but if, if Sinclair turns out to be pretty committed to this, maybe they'll be able to and willing to invest enough monetarily to try and have some big long-term plan that's going to have some value. But given what that we know about about their business model and how they appear to operate, uh, and how to, to some degree or another, depending on who you believe, how the stock has responded to all this, I, I don't, I don't see how this is uh, anything that they're going to want to attach themselves to long-term unless it has an obvious, almost immediate upside. I mean, what's the upside for them to dump tons of money uh, in, into this wrestling company that is, at, at best, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a moderately successful enterprise who, who, you know, I mean, really at this point I think is – Lost a lot of the luster that it had. I, I don't. I, I mean, I don't see the upside for them long term. And, and you know, I mean, is this going to be another Panda Energy deal? I mean, it, where Panda just continues to dump money into a a, a product that doesn't do anything and that is widely panned and hated, but always stays there because uh, it's a you know Dixie's uh, <laughs> her vanity project. I, you know, I, I don't know. I well. You, I don't know because you know, Panda at least is a private company. Well, not only that, but Panda is owned by. And it's owned by <laughs> the TNA. I mean, it's the same family. family, right? This is a public company, which, at best, is relatively um, infamous for some of the political material that they've aired. <laughs> um, and at worst, it's considered a bunch of lunatics in the TV industry. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I you know, I live in a, a one of the most conservative states in the union. Uh, it, you know, although I live in a fairly liberal town, uh, Charleston's fairly liberal by comparison to the rest of the state. But you know, and keeping most of the politics out of this, 
I mean, there. It's not as if this is a these was, guys happen to be conservatives, and, and was, you know, it's a very. Yeah, I mean, it is a. It's not their conservative. It's, these aren't. Yeah, these aren't people, right? You know, having op-ed, you know, uh, polemical uh, editorials on their show about a fiscal policy. I mean, that's not what we're talking about here. This is. This is let's collect the list. This is. This is crazy. Airing, lying propaganda shows. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, I gotta find that the quote that Obama was alleged to have said. Yeah, wasn't it something summer, like so. we've got to you've got to kill a cracker? Or, I don't even remember. Okay, let's they, see. Um, it was yeah, it was something along the lines of we got to kill some babies, we got to kill some crackers. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but I, how else do you even respond to that? I mean, this this is this is a very I mean, this is an interesting story for a variety of reasons, and that's obviously one of the reasons because I, I, you you've got to wonder. Also, that's why I feel like there had to be some middleman involved here. I mean, the uh, Kerry uh, yeah. sale. No, I was talking. You know, I was talking to Keith, who you know, Keith Harris, who writes for KJP. He said, you know, there's got to be. There had to be someone, a wrestling fan, in the company who got the deal going. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no way. I, I, I don't know a lot about Kerry Sulkin. I know, and uh, I really don't. And and good for him uh, today. <laughs> but, but I, I've got to say, I mean, there, this, this is very strange. I mean, this is a very strange. I, I, who was the go-between here? They don't seem like this, these are the, the sort of group that would be hanging out with each other. Uh, I mean, you can't. I right. don't this get the feeling DNA, that Kerry. You know, this is in DNA. You know where. Jared and Dixie were neighbors or something, and then she worked as, you know, she was big at their the PR company they had hired. And no, you know, I mean there's got to be a go-between. There's got to be a go-between here, which is all, which is another reason why I kind of speculated about Cornette, because, only because I know they had a few of these uh, uh, stations were were uh, Smoky Mountain stations. But uh, I, I, of course, Cornette's politics aren't exactly in line with. <laughs> You know, someone, someone honestly who I'd love to hear talk about this and maybe, you know, would certainly, might be willing to since now, there, you know, since there are more and more competition to some degree. I mean, you know, as much as we're saying this isn't going to work out, there's still, it's still going to be perceived that way by TNA and WWE. Uh, Bill Barron would certainly be an interesting guy to hear give his feedback. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think uh, Barron's would be a, a, a definitely somebody you'd want to hear. Because, you know, Bill Barron's, who has worked for right now, you know, worked in TNA, booking talent for indie shows, has worked with WWE and TNA and Smoky Mountain and ECW and USWA doing syndication. And, you know, he had his own promotion in WA Wildside. And he is a very smart guy about wrestling on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, for a guy that's not directly hand-in-hand hand linked in and tied in with, uh, with with Vince or one of the other big, uh, bigger names, he's definitely probably uh, about as smart as it gets, and certainly as experienced as it gets. Yeah, on the TV end, you know, he, I, I forget if I wrote about it in the comments or in the... You know what? I think I was going to write about this, and I deleted it in the post today. Uh, that's what it was. I, was gonna, I started writing and then deleted a line about ROH's TV history. How, you know, they were on HDNet, but look at all the small MMA promotions that have been on HDNet. They were on WGTW in Philadelphia, but they paid, but that was a slot they paid for. And look at how many indies have been there. And I forget if I heard this was a Bill Barron's interview. I heard or me talking to him that 
wild side got on in Philly because I guess this was maybe directly post ECW, I think. He approached the station and said, "Look, I, we, you let me put my show on. We don't exchange any money. I I get you know I get at least to maybe be able to sell some merchandise and stuff out of it. You now have a wrestling show on your station." And the other wrestling and the other wrestling companies are going to want to get on your station, which is what happened. You know, ECW, ROH, other companies yep. then went on WDTW, and you know, it was a very smart move. Yeah, I it was a very like Barons is a very savvy guy, and, I, yeah. and to be and to be honest, I you know as much as I. Uh, as much as I sort of uh, am not a huge fan of the current Ring of Honor product, which I think people who know me know that's not much of a shock, but uh, I, I do hope they do well. I, yeah. I, I hope this works out very well, not the least of which because they have guys like, uh, you know, Cabana who works for them that I, that I really like, or Chris Hero, people like that that are really good, but also just because it's, it's more wrestling on TV. I mean, ultimately that's a good thing, unless it's TNA, of course, <laughs> but I... I, I, I'm just very skeptical. The, the, the whole the whole story, uh, you know, how odd it is that this group of all people is, a, is the group that purchased them. This, the model that they appear to be running, it uh, it just it on the surface it does not look like something that is uh, destined to succeed. And in fact, I think the fact that Carrie is no longer uh, the guy putting the money in and, 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 the, and the mind behind it in some ways is really dangerous because, as you said, this is a publicly traded company. If things don't pay off, and pay off, I think, fairly quickly, uh, I, I don't know that Ring of Honor is going to be around long. I, I mean, because I mean, I, I hate to use. The, I, I don't want to be that hyperbolic and come off as somebody who's prognosticating doom and death already, but. Uh, you know, let's be honest. If Carrie, if Carrie's not there as the money guy, uh, you know, over the over the last several years, I don't know if they would have been around. And, and I certainly am skeptical about the idea that they're going to be around as part of a broader publicly traded company. Uh, you know, that appears to be having at least some problems. I, 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 I uh, you know, their stock price has gone down, although some people say you should buy it now, whatever. But, but I, I just don't know, if, if they're not making money for this company relatively quickly, or they're not seen as part of a package deal that can make money, uh, and, and a, a good bit of money at that, I don't see, I mean, this isn't Turner Broadcasting. They're not going to be able to lose $60 million <laughs> And keep, well, they're and, not going to be putting in that much. No, of course, mean, you of know, course they're not. Of course they're not. But you know, the but, number that's been floated around, you know, it was from Declaration of Independence, so take it with a grain of salt. But they're saying Carrie lost two million over the course of his ownership in ROH. Sure, and, 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 and that, for that, that's pretty much a drop in the bucket, especially you know the number. You know, we know it was less than ten million, which I think everyone figured, but could mean anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it, 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 they did more than WCW, than WWE did for WCW. Then it's completely, then it's hilarious. Oh, I, that actually was the very next thing I was going to say. <laughs> I was literally just about to say, I wonder if they paid more than Vince paid for WCW, which I might add is possible and maybe even likely. Even I mean, right. I, now, wait, wait, but let's think about this for a second. I mean, the actual <laughs> purchase price. For the assets of World Championship Wrestling was two and a half million, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, now, to, but that's to, the deal itself 
also included buying ads on TBS and TNT for a number of years. So yes, it ended up. I think the total was in the five to seven and a half million range. I, I the number right? I've always heard from from Mooneyham and others is like a little bit over six. At the total, so, including the ads. Yeah, that's the number I've always heard from them. I don't okay. know how accurate that is. But. Okay, so six million. So under ten that they now now wait a second. If the analyst though, who's saying buy this stock is the one that's saying under ten. If you want to really make it look good to sound good, do you say? I mean, depending on how much direct knowledge he has, wouldn't you say under five? Because I mean, ROH uh, that much? Sure. Way, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean if it's, how if much is the company? How much could he even value the company at? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if Kerry, I'm telling you right now, if Kerry sold that company for seven or eight million dollars, he got a steal. I mean, I, he he made out like a bandit. Yeah. That, that, there's there's no way that company's worth seven or eight million dollars. I, I, there's no way. The, the, the it can't be. I don't see how. They, they have a to, video library that you can exploit to some degree, and. You know, they, and honestly, they have not done as good a job as they could have in trying to, you know, work out retail deals or the pay-per-view for, you know, before they were stars type stuff. Yeah, yeah, but the problem, the problem with that is, I, I think, to a large degree, because of the explosion of, of uh, the downloads and things like that and Netflix uh-huh. and things, I, I, I think that's going to be – I don't think that's a market that is necessarily going to be easy to tap into for a company that still thinks syndication is a good way to make money. <laughs> you know, and they – you know, they – and at least at the start, they are not syndicating it. They have it planned that if, you know, the things go well, they might they will try to syndicate it to other stations and internationally. But, you know, look, I, I, I know people who have said – you know, hearing the news, if Sinclair wasn't involved, I'd want to syndicate, try to help them syndicate ROH internationally. Yeah. I, I don't doubt I mean, here, here's, people like here, here's something with. to think about. Here's something to think about. It is possible, perhaps likely, that Vince, that the combined purchase price of WCW and the Pontiac Silverdome, when it sold <laughs> two years ago, was less than what was paid for for, for Ring of Honor. I mean, it is but, terrifying. That's scary. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's possible that that, that WCW and uh, – trying to think how much they paid for all the other video libraries. Um, oh, that's that's a good question. Okay, I mean, it's possible. Florida, World, okay, wait, they bought – okay, bought out – okay, Florida. Okay, wait, Florida Stampede, Von Erich with Texas World Class, whatever you want to call it. Um, OVW, Smoky Mountain. Is that it in terms of besides not counting uh, WCW? Uh, uh, AWA? Oh, AWA. So it's a bunch, you know, I don't know how many, you know, you're into a few million at least. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's say, but I don't think at total it's more than three or four. I, I I would say you could be looking at about five million dollars for that, Maybe. but but it's not it's not going to be any more than that. I wouldn't I wouldn't guess. So you know, in terms of building up the video library past WWE, they paid they've probably paid ten million or less. 
ROH at least is being claimed as being, you know, as quote under nine million, under ten million. Yeah. And again, we have no idea what that means. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, you you have to assume if it's under ten and it's and it's being talked about by somebody who has some sort of insider knowledge that it's closer to ten than five. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I would assume that. I don't know that, but I would why? assume that. Why? 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 I mean, it does. There's nothing about this that makes sense on the Sinclair side. No, not at all. This this looks like a shockingly bad deal if you're Sinclair Brook. I mean, based based on what we know, and they, they, the well, they have the money to spend. Well, we can put it that way. They have, they certainly have the money to spend. If they spend a couple of years on it at the or current ROH budget, it's not really going to mean anything to their bottom line. No, but but you're also not going to make any money that way. Right. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, there's something we're missing. Um, certainly, be curious to see what you know Meltzer says when he covers it. I expect I'd expect they're going to write. They're going to be probably two observers this week, or just one gigantic one, but I really have no idea what to make of this, other than the ROH, the ROH side is obvious. Whether it's Carrie, the office, the wrestlers, it makes sense. It, there's no nothing about it that doesn't make sense on that side. On the other hand, nothing makes sense on the player side. Yeah, I think that's actually, I think that's a very good summation of the story. And, of, of what we know now, at least. And just saying, you know, what the and the and the analysts at least, well, probably right in the big, well, in the big picture that the stock market overreacted. In which, by the way, we don't really go into specifics about this. It, you know, it was announced on Saturday. Sinclair stock went down close to nine percent percent Monday and today, between yesterday and today. Yeah. Based on this announcement. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I, gonna paint the bulls, I know, but it's going to paint a bullseye on the back of ROH with they're going to have to make money. Of, Period. Yeah. They're going to have to make money. That's what I keep. That, I mean, that, to me, that's what you have to keep coming back to. Is this is not a situation like Turner Broadcasting where an entire division can get lost in the giganticism of the situation. This is not a situation like TNA where it's family money and, and uh, daddy has, has let Dixie go off and have her own little reservation because he doesn't want her destroying his company. <laughs> I mean, this, this is a totally – this is different from those two things. I think a lot of people have tried to cast it. I've seen people, at least, try to cast this as, well, maybe this will be good because, like Panda Energy, they'll be willing to spend enough money, blah, blah. Look, uh, first of all, I don't know that I would point to TNA and Panda Energy <laughs> – <laughs> as a uh, success on any level but in terms of how they finance their they show. I mean, yeah, they've got a national the show. The but... way Panda has, I mean, look, let's say they somehow try to go after people who get released, who, whose contracts are up in WWE. You know, let's just say for, for hypothetically, they throw enough money at CM Punk where he's willing to do this, which I don't think would happen because he's probably just going to be taking a break anyway. Yeah. Let's say just hypothetically they do that. They're not going to suddenly up the rest of the ROH pay scale to, you know, relate to that. No. I mean, I, I mean I, I, and you can say what you want about TNA. Anywhere near that. And you could arguably compare that to TNA, but that's a company that's sort of built organically out of being smaller, and the guys who were there for a while started making good money. 
And, you know, Neem Guys broke that brought in for a lot, but, you know, some of it was Panda, some of it's Spike. We honestly don't know how exactly how much. It's it's different. If if anyone brings that up, it's it's too different. And so they're not just gonna bring in CM Punk or whoever gets released and or, well, or not released or whoever well, yeah, people who get released or who have their contract expired. They're not just gonna bring in these WWE people for a lot of money. No, I, I think I think one and lesson that we have learned over the last. Yeah, what I was about to say is I think yeah. over the last five year, five to six years, really since Angle left, I think one thing we've learned is that uh, the idea that that individual wrestlers are the big money draw that could turn around a a second or third or even fourth wrestling promotion in the United States and make them legitimate competitors or even a a, a serious, have a serious portion of the market share. It's just, it's bullshit. It's not going to happen. I mean, uh, TNA has spent tons of money. I mean, they, they got Angle at arguably the height of his popularity. And it did no good, or very little good. I mean, you know, they they they've had they've had chances with other guys as well, several other guys. And you know, I, it just doesn't. It, it, that's not Vince. Uh, whatever you want to say about him, he is. Uh, you know, Vince. WWE is is now. It, it is now. It is now pro wrestling in the United States for the vast majority of people who are are, are watching. Uh, you know, and and. That's for better or for worse. That's just what it is. Uh, and I don't. I you know, Jeff Hardy's another example. I mean, Jeff Hardy. Yes, he's a <laughs> he's Jeff Hardy. But when when he left, he was arguably the most over baby face in the entire United States, and he meant nothing when he came to TNA just a few months later. He meant a I, little. He meant a little. The house. He, well, I mean, he, he meant. He meant. He meant uh, did nothing he mean in as the much Sting? Thing. I mean, did he mean as much as Sting when they first brought Sting in? Maybe that much, but not, not certainly not much more. I, I mean, that, that's the point. Is none of these right. guys are you're not, and that's why ultimately, even if Sinclair does dump money at CM Punk, who I think uh, you and I and a, and a lot of people listening to this podcast probably agree is uh, the most overall talented guy in the business right now. I think actually by a pretty wide margin, but. It, 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 I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, it, it might help some, but I, it's not. It's not going to. Uh, it's also going to probably it could potentially create problems. You know, like you said, for pay scale reasons with other guys and things like that. So, um, you know, and I mean that's highly speculative anyway. I don't. I don't know that Punk would do that. I don't know that a lot of guys would do that. Frankly, I mean, you. <laughs> it, it. It just. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it's a story that is probably going to develop in a lot of weird and wacky ways. Um, uh, I, I think over the next couple weeks, uh, and, and as, as more stuff comes out, of course, you you KHI is going to have a lot of stuff up on it that I think will be worth uh, reading and be interesting. So it's, it's certainly yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow on the behind the scenes business end, probably more so than ROH has ever been interesting to follow. <laughs> because yeah. I mean, you know, look, you know, the the Feinstein thing was certainly interesting when it happened. When he got busted by perverted justice on sure. the uh, hey the beta version of uh, To Catch a Predator, but <laughs> you know in, in the end ROH thrived after that because I guess they you know they did I guess what I don't even I don't even know how to put that you know just they 
they, 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 you know, it was WrestleMania weekend, and who knows who knew, you know, how many fans knew what. But they set their record crowd within a couple weeks of it happening. Um, well, I mean, look, you, ROH and some had a people very unique identity. identity. Yeah, I mean, that's period. ROH at its peak had a very unique identity. Um, it was uh, the first of a. St- it was the fir- It was the first of a kind of promotion that is now too prevalent. Uh, on the indie scene, and I think is so prevalent now on the indie scene that none of them have any identity. Are they? Right. Well, uh, that I mean, might be a mild exaggeration, well, but they. Yeah, I mean, look, best way to put it, IWA Mid South was unique when it was a good promotion. You know, it was a good promotion. Say what you will about Ian Rodden, but you know, for, between you know, 01, 2001, 2003, it was a very entertaining indie promotion. Yeah. Uh, when it started to be booked really, you know, with more fly-ins, more of an indie superstar promotion, it was less unique. Yes. It just wasn't nearly as good. Uh, there's not a, you know, I guess you can say, you know, I was going to say there's not a place for more than one indie superstar promotion. You know, Pro Wrestling Gorilla functions in its niche, but it's not trying to be, it doesn't have ROH's goals of, oh, no, we're getting too big to be small. You know, they they are content with doing what they do. Yes, absolutely, and, and I think and I think it shows. I think uh, and I think really realistically, and I'm uh, stylistically, I'm not even really a huge fan of of, of modern, uh, you know, that sort of uh, indie right. superstar wrestling. But I think PWG does it better than anybody right now, uh, and, and I, I I think it's partially because they they have, uh, you know, they're they're they have that West Coast. Uh, uh, world unto themselves, and they don't have this grandiose vision of being something bigger than what they are. Yeah, you know they, you know they have, you know there are people who are willing to fly to the major shows like Battle of Los Angeles, but beyond that, they haven't changed that much. They seem to be doing fine. You know they, they, they. I guess they're almost the model indie promotion. Yeah, I actually that. agree with that. And I think I think they were very. I think, frankly, PWG now is very ROH esque from the perspective of what Ring of Honor was. Uh, maybe not uh, quite when it first started. Well, maybe even then. I don't know. Maybe at the uh, but at the peak of it. I mean, well, you know, they were I, always more quirky. Yeah. Um, you know, ROH I guess you know has a little more of that now. Between you know, you know, they had used Chikara guys. You have a little bit more outrageous gimmicks. Um, you know, I really haven't seen ROH, watched much ROH in a while, but, you know, you have whatever the hell the House of Truth is supposed to be. Uh, I mean, all I know is the Truth Martini is a manager now for some reason and is very, um, I try, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just a very, you know, ridiculous, kind of sticky, ridiculous, you know, interpretation of of wrestling manager. Uh but yeah, that's you know, Pros and Gorilla they they know their place. And, you know, I don't want that to sound bad, but they know they can be a top level indie promotion. They know how many DVDs to sell. You know, it's a bunch of wrestlers who got into it kind of for fun and because they felt like they could do it. As far as I can tell, they've done fine and don't seem haven't had really had any money problems and you know, I guess. Well, I guess you could say. You know, they probably budgeted themselves better than Ring of Honor because they always had more of a local focus. And well, I also think it. I, I and I actually think this may be one positive. And I, I you know, I don't want to beat this subject into the ground, but I, I think this may be one. In a way, this may be one positive you could say 
and that is um, and I don't know who, who 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 the guy in charge of PWG is. I have no clue. You probably do, or you it's, might. Uh, but, you know, it's Super Dragon, and oh, both okay. died. Well, well, here you go. I mean, th- this this is the deal. Uh, I don't. Uh, do any of those guys have the same kind of money that Kerry K- K- had? I doubt it. No. And, and my point is, they don't have the luxury of having a money mark that can bail them out anytime they do some stupid crap or overextend themselves or do things that are not tenable in any sane way, which ROH, in my opinion, has done consistently over the last several years. I think one of the very small benefits of this of this. Uh, our potential benefit to this uh, story is it's possible that not having Kerry will actually be beneficial because it will force the the, the bookers and the people uh, on the on that end of the business to uh, not necessarily uh, they won't know and uh, I mean it's different when you're when you're. When, the, when your boss is a publicly traded company and you, you know you can be dumped on your ass any time as opposed to a money mark who's invested in his life into it, I think it's a little bit different. Your, mo- your motivation for making sure you're putting on a, a safe, sound, and reasonable product that can exist within its limitations I think is much, much stronger uh, you know, when you, have, when, when you know, don't always think, well, <laughs> we could just get some more Carrie's cash. Not saying that was a prevalent thought, but it's possible among certain people that it was. Right, and I will say, you know, another thing that it's not a, you know, I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. If you're going to do it, what they're doing, bringing in Gary Juster is a good move, even though, you know, you can't necessarily say that his existing interactions with ROH have really been a success, but he is still the right person to bring in if they're doing this. As I agree with that. promoting house shows. Uh... You know, but that I'm trying to remember. Did they do more than just that one Charlotte show? I, th- I think have they done two. I know they did the Big Bang, and they may have done one other. They may have I done two Charlotte with, shows. But well, I mean, did they do anything else with, with Gary Juster besides Big Bang? I don't think so. But if they're going to run down in the Carolinas, and I believe at least a few of those stations are down, and I know obviously the running here, the, the TV show is supposedly going to run here, uh, then then Juster would be a good guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, he knows the he knows what to do. You know, whether it's from WCW, from Lucha Libre shows he did in Atlanta, and, and then a couple other cities, and then stopped for whatever reason. But you know, he's a guy. He knows what to do. He knows you need to get sponsors to really try to make a go of it to offset the cost. He, you know, he he knows what to do in promoting wrestling house shows. Yes. And, you know, that's a strength anyway. You know, I mean, even if they weren't doing this big expansion, having someone like that is good. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely. I mean, a company that's been around as long as them, um, uh, you know, you don't want to say they should be drawing huge houses. But, I mean, I think it's you, – you definitely get the feeling they could be doing better uh, Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you you get the feeling they could be doing better with actually not a whole lot much more effort. I mean, I always it, felt like that the you know that they were too focused on their niche that they could maintain their niche, but broaden themselves a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look down here in down here in Charleston when they run the uh, you know when they run the the uh, legend shows at the local high schools or whatever. Obviously, Ring of Honor's not going to do that, per se, and they probably shouldn't. But 
when 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 they do run those shows, you can draw you can draw fifteen hundred people here just on the strength of knowing that the Rock and Roll Express and Nikita Koloff are going to show up to sign autographs. I mean, I, there's no there's no reason something similar like that couldn't be done with, with Ring of Honor. Uh, our, our, and sponsorship deals couldn't be worked out at the local level. I mean, there's just no reason that it couldn't be done. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, this this story is it's definitely an extremely interesting story, uh, but I also think it's a story that really is almost, I mean, we know very, 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 very little about it because the motivation for Sin- on Sinclair's end is so unclear. Yeah, you know, the analysts tried to guess at it, and, you know, Sinclair is all, I guess, you know, sort of saying, oh, we're going into content now, you know, creating their own content, but it's not something that, you know, it just doesn't, it, there's, it's, it's, it, even if you're going to do that, why this? If you're going to do wrestling, why Ring of Honor? You know, it's, why yeah. don't you even, you know what, if I'm, I, why don't you talk to, whether it's WWE or TNA, hell, why don't they carry TNA Explosion? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good it, point. Why not carry an already established, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's a very, it's, it, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I really don't know. It's a story that doesn't make a lot of sense. Things. I mean, you know, what if Sinclair went up to WWE and said, we want to have WWE Vintage Collection on all of our stations, or 20 of our stations? You know, the, you know, we, you know, and they say, you know, we know you haven't been able to get an outlet for it in the U.S., why don't you, you, we experiment with this? I mean, I don't know if they'd be able to make a deal, but... You know, maybe they did try that. Who knows? It doesn't. You know what? But it's it's so left field. I don't think it it, it seems like just some, there was intermediary to make this specific deal, and that's and they yeah. Go I, after I think there else. was some. There's. I think there is a connection with somebody. Um, so, somebody knows somebody in Sinclair that they, is either a fan, a big time super fan, maybe even of our age. Or is, is uh, in some other way affiliated, um, and that's really what, what's what's going on. And that they made a connection, and they made a deal, and somehow somebody duped <laughs> Sinclair into thinking that this was um, that this was a deal that was worth more than WCW and the Pontiac Silverdome combined. <laughs> okay, here's something to think about. On H- they were on HDNet. HDNet is owned by wrestling superfan Mark Cuban. Yeah, yeah. Mark Cuban, who at one point on that network carried bloody midgets and was known to follow around T.O. and Puppet at their shows and sort of, you know, just at like, you know, like he was this big mark for them and maybe even take stage advice from them. Okay. <laughs> Ring of Honor couldn't last on HDNet. <laughs> now, now, wait a second, though. Here's food for thought, though. Ring of Honor and HDNet announced the cancellation of the TV show in January. Yes, May now. When did the Sinclair deal start being put together? That's Was a good it, question. Is it possible that knowing that they had this in coming, that they decided to get that they wouldn't that they that they would mutually agree to part with HDNet. 
That that is possible. I mean, that HDNet thing is always really interesting because, of course, uh, you know, as a sports fan, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously Cuban owns the Mavs, and he's known as obviously maybe the most hands-on uh, owner in the NBA. I, I actually wouldn't even say maybe; I would say definitely. Um, and you know, I think the perception of him is that he's a hands-on businessman in general, which would partially explain how a random wrestling show got carried on HDNet in the first place, but. Uh, yeah, that that that's an interesting possibility. Is that this deal has maybe been in the works on some level, perhaps for longer than we think. You know, I mean, that, yeah. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. I think you have to, you know, until we find out more, I think you have to consider that a possibility. It it, it makes more sense on ROHs in that way. I mean, what? How did you, that all of us did in, you know, probably. You know, you know, it was announced Saturday. And probably, probably, if you figure it that way, it was probably close to final for at least a month. Yeah. Uh, that gives them then three months from at least when they announced the end of the HDNet deal. Uh, or maybe less. It, 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 seems, it certainly seems like it's a strong possibility that they, that Carrie and whoever knew this was coming and just decided, okay, let's do this. If it, you know, we'll part with HDNet, and this will be our big announcement after losing HDNet. After yeah, I, I the think, fans seeing us as losing HDNet. I, I think that there is a. I think that's quite possible. I, I don't. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Because uh, you have to look. You have to figure. It, it in the time it takes place to put something like this together. Yeah, I mean, you know, because remember, you know, Vince McMahon had been trying to buy WCW on and off for a good six months at least. Yeah. I, I, know, I've people forget that part of the story. I've always suspected it was longer than six months. I mean, but, I, I... Well, it was... It wasn't lo- Well, it wasn't long after the lawsuit settlement, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Where he got the right of refusal or whatever. So, you know, it was once that was settled. So that was, that was maybe a little more than six months. But somewhere in that range, people forget that part of the story that Vince McMahon was looking into buying WCW around in the fall once the lawsuit, oh, you know, all the trademark stuff was settled with WCW, you know, over the you know over the beginning of the NWO and all that. Um, so you know, and then then when it came that there was no TV deal for Bischoff and his consortium. Vince was the only person to go to, and it wasn't like they worked out a deal overnight. Vince was someone who they had already been negotiating with. God, that, man, that is such a unbelievably great story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so, every time, I was literally just telling somebody that story today, uh, the, the, the story of Vince buying WCW for nothing. And it really is um, one of the all-time great uh, Carney success stories in wrestling, which is saying a lot, I think. <laughs> he at least, as far as the on-paper price in U.S. dollars, <laughs> and I, you know, in terms of inflation, it's even greater. Paid paid less for WCW than Crockett did for the UWF. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of how much money was actually given, it's different. But and but. You know, Jim Crockett agreed to pay four million dollars in nineteen eighty seven money to Bill Watts for a lot less than what Vince was buying. <laughs> you know, 
buying out this syndicated, which is still one of the weirder stories in wrestling history, that Watts is paying for almost all of his TV clearances outside of at least his home market, his home territory. Outside of the traditional Mid-South markets, he was paying a lot of money, you know, you know, he was on WPIX in a prime Saturday mor- in New York in a prime Saturday morning time slot, and also being on WPIX at least at that time also got him some national penetration on cable. And yeah. So he was paying a ton for that. He was paying a ton for all these markets. Crockett doesn't think to let him die to let the company die and pick him up himself. No, instead <laughs> he pays. He, he agrees to pay four million. He pays about a million. Once he files, once he files for bankruptcy and all. That. I, I actually think that is that that to me is another thing uh, worth worth noting here about this story with ROH is that uh, these wrestling related sales almost always turn out to be huge fuck yous to the people who make the purchase. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, they, well, uh, let's think about this. How many territory? Well, I mean, outright purchases. Okay, so we got UWF. Um, if you want to include um, MMA, Pride, absolutely. Yeah. Um, although, you know, who knows how much of that was, you know, interacting with Japan. You know, apparently, the, you know, if the contracts really were that badly written, and we know there certainly were business issues with getting in Japan, that's one thing. They knew that going in, though. I mean, look, we see now with K1, they could have let Pride die. Yeah. So, who knows? Um And yet they, you know, pride, yo, looks like it'll ha- it'll happen with Strike Force. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, that's, those are the big ones. I mean, is there anything else that we can... Well... Any other, I, I, anything else like that? I mean, you know, territories were bought and sold. Um, I hate I, I, I mean, if you go back in territories, Amarillo... Uh, yeah, I think uh, if you look at uh, Flair and Mulligan buying, what was it, the Knoxville office? Yeah. <laughs> well, wait a minute, Mulligan twice. Why did Mulligan? <laughs> he was saying we counterfeit money, so you can't, you can't. You can't. I guess really he was getting a good deal because he wasn't actually using actual United States currency. Why did? Okay, yeah. Wait a second. Okay, so Mulligan, Blackjack Mulligan, and Dick Murdoch buy the Am, you know, the West Texas Territory from the Funks, you know, around 1978 for. I don't know the exact amount. I know they had. Offered to sell it to Gary Hart for I think fifty to seventy-five, something like that, because they knew he had come into money from his settlement from the plane crash. Uh, so you know something in that range. But and Gary Hart actually, he said in his book he would have bought the territory, but the Funks weren't promising to wrestle there. So he knew that <laughs> which meant it had no value. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was they had they got Amber Low without the Funks. I mean that's the equivalent. That's literally the equivalent of WCW without television. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. I mean it's not unless you've got uh, you know the uh, well of course WCW had the gigantic tape library, but uh, excluding that, if you just think of WCW as a wrestling promotion, yeah, it's it's you know uh, and you know and then it got to the point where they're losing so much money that. They started just working wrestling dates in other territories and bringing in Mario Savoli to run the office. You know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, right. And then Mario Savoli up and takes the ring, tapes the, takes the rings and whatever, tapes <laughs> equipment and tapes were left, which he did again. 
couple decades later with IWA Puerto Rico. Um, uh, and that, that was the end of Amarillo, you know. Then Fritz in the Dallas office, you know, came in with what became World Class. And they got, they got um, I think it worked out, they got 60% because none of the local promoters, Gory Guerrero, the Lubbock, not the Lubbock, the city was Lubbock, uh, Nick Roberts, excuse me, none of those guys, the Lubbocks, wait, uh, just the ten of the family from just the ten of us was not willing to buy it. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, life is a race and I know I can win it. You're going to go into the, uh, my all-time favorite 80s theme song, by the way, for a television show. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, but none of the promoters are willing to step up and assume the ter- you know, try to do the territory, so um, Dallas just started running... Well, they couldn't run their regular TV tapes so they st- from Fort Worth, so they started taping the Dallas shows, airing it in Amarillo, you know, the each of the West Texas and the other cities, but the West Texas promoters each put up a little money. They could do that. Fritz got 60% of everything, and they ended up doing pretty well there after a little while of adjustments without the funds. But, you know, and then once once they started doing the world-class show, that was the show in Amarillo, and it became part of their territory, you know. And, you know, as Gary Hart kind of said, thank God they had Southwest Airlines back then, you know, with its low yep. But I mean, it just seems like always, it just seems like in wrestling deals, somebody always gets screwed badly. And badly. Not, yeah, Knoxville. Uh, I mean, I mean Mulligan what, bought it. Wait, did they buy it or just? I don't even remember if they bought it or took it over. I can't I remember, Knoxville, but it was obviously a disaster. I mean, Knoxville was, was dead by that point. It'd be Knoxville killed. was. Uh, well, yeah, I wrote about this with the Savage thing. Knoxville was killed dead in seventy-eight, seventy-nine by the promotional war with you know the existing NWA office Southeastern against the Outlaw All Star office. Yeah, you know, the All Star Office. It was now a promotion that had plenty of the top stars, and it was just a heated bore. Both promotions died. You know, and then you had other offices step in. Well, what it was, I think it was Chris Elner said that it was Crockett stepped in first to Knoxville on his own, and then somehow Mulligan and Flair ended up taking it over, and it went bust for them. And you know. Georgia ran it for a little while, and eventually the Fullers, you know, expanded Alabama to start running, you know, the Alabama ter- territory to run an again. But, yeah, I mean, that was a disaster. I'm trying to think if there's anything else from that era, you know. I mean, I mean look, there's, Bell, tons, of, you know, there's the, tons of disasters. It, maybe not on that. Maybe not on the purchaser's end always. Sometimes there was other people getting screwed, too. I mean, you, but, I mean, you, you can you – can, the point is every wrestling deal – or most, like the vast majority ends with somebody getting royally screwed, and it's it's usually the person who who put up the most. Like uh, you know, I mean, Stu Hart uh, believed Vince McMahon. Oh, geez, that, <laughs> that one worked out bad for the for the for the seller. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Stu oh. Hart believed Vince. Uh, that that's you know, I mean, that's an obvious one. I mean, there's tons of these. There's tons of these. You you you. Somebody always gets badly screwed in these deals, and and it looks to me because of what we know about this deal and what we know about the actual, uh, or what appears to be at least the actual worth of Ring of Honor. Uh, it, it, at this point, unless Sinclair puts together a brilliant package on how to market and distribute the show, which I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> I don't think that's likely. It appears to me that Sinclair is is, is getting getting screwed. I mean, I, that, 
what would you think? Well, what would okay? Before we move, well, let's finish this up and then move on to I guess uh, maybe quickly Chaelson and then you know Raw in the pay per view and then Macho Man. Okay, what would a reasonable price be for Ring of Honor if we say that the actual worth of the assets of WCW at that point in time? I mean, well, okay, you could actually argue they were worth more than two and a half million, well, or just worth two were. and a half million to They were worth PBS. way more, but they, they were worth may, way more. And of course, one of my all-time favorite Savage rumors is the rumor that Savage wanted to oh, buy yeah. because because Savage believed that, especially internationally, you can make a ton of money off the tape library. Um, they had turned yeah. down Jerry Jarrett flat. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, look, there was. There, I always suspected there was some sort of bizarre collusion going on with that WCW stale. I mean, that's the. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's the uh, that's the uh, you know the uh, Art Bell and uh, me talking. But I, I've, al- I've always suspected there was some sort of bizarre collusion going that, going on there. So, but obviously, it was worth more than that. I mean, obviously, that's that's. I don't even think disputable. But, but the point is, I mean, I don't know what I would invest in Ring of Honor. Let's say I don't have we any money. Just, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's say we actually okay. Let's say then that WCW we say they're worth seven million because that's what Vince really paid, even though he actually officially he paid two and a half million for the assets. I mean, what are you? You're buying Ring and a tape library, and some con, you know, and some contracts that may not mean anything based on who was able to leave when they did. Yeah, they may not uh, hold up at all. You're, so you're buying rings in the tape library. You got, you know, let's... If you figure it's a, you know, in some ways it's a, you know, I guess it has, depending on what you're selling, it has some, you know, is how much value it has. You know, but realistically... All it is is before they were stars at best. Yes. Uh, I mean, what under a million? I, I, at this I, point, I think it's probably worth. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to pay seven figures. But no, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think it's worth ten million dollars. Or let's put it this way: I don't think it's worth closer to ten million than five million. Right. I mean, it, 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 to me, to me, if, if if I if I had seen an article that said Ring of Honor was purchased for under five million, I my initial response would have been, "Boy, that's a risky investment." If but when you see somebody say Ring of Honor was purchased for under ten million, the first thing that came to mind was, "Boy, someone got fucked." <laughs> like that was that 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 was the initial thing that came to my mind. Is that somebody and, got really screwed on that deal? Unless there's some, unless this is somehow part of them trying to position as ROH as being bigger than it is for inve- for you know. Well, that's that's always reasons. possible too. Is that they floated a a ridiculously high figure because uh, you know look at how that that analyst was talking about them. That analyst for Wells Fargo was talking to them like they. I'm trying to figure out what you know. Calling them the number three wrestling franchise after WWE and TNA, like it was a very meaningful thing. <laughs> yeah, so, I, mean, I, I don't think people West realize West. that being the three re- number three wrestling franchise, and it's all about market penetration. I mean, being being the number three wrestling franchise in the United States is be is like uh, is roughly the equivalent 
of being the third best baseball team in the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, 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 you know, minor league uh, farm system. Yeah, I mean, like, it means nothing. Since, you know, Vince changed things by going national. The only time where you can ever really say the number three promotion nationally was had any kind of real, you know, it was really something was the EWA when they ver- the first got on ESPN. Yes. Because they were still doing pretty well. People forget yeah, they, they were still doing very well in late 1985. Maybe absolutely. I mean, if you go back and, and watch a lot of the footage like I have recently, Martell was not, I mean, he was not a total bomb as champ, uh, as a draw. They were still drawing very large crowds. It was still a good money territory. If you were working in the AWA, you were still making very good money at that point. So that's, you know, and Crockett, you could say, was number two. Crockett was also, you know, it was the three territories where people went to make before the national expansion, AWA, Crockett, and WWF were the three territories where he really made good money as a wrestler. And at least at first, you know, and you know, by that, you know, in mid to late '85, at least you could say that all three were still strong. Yeah, you know, but and then you know that's the most that you could ever say for a number three promotion. I mean, look at it this way. Look at it this way. ECW was the number three promotion for. Uh, I mean, a viable number three promotion, at least, uh, and, and arguably number three, uh, certainly from November of 95 forward uh, after uh, Smoky Mountain went out of business. Um, so Realistically, it, it, in a way that it meant anything more, really, the TNN run. Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. But my, but my, but my, my point is, my point is that ECW during that time period was so, is so far ahead of where ROH is now or has ever been, as a, <laughs> that it's unbelievable. The gap the gap between ECW uh, where ECW was well, relative to their two uh, big market behemoths and where Ring of Honor is uh, compared to WWE now is so big that you can't even compare the two. And, and and ECW was operating during the height of a wrestling boom when the other big boys were even even more profitable and, and bigger, not necessarily uh, in terms of total market share, but just uh, it, it, Ring of Honor, it, to call it the third company really is, I mean, that's a meaningless term. It just doesn't mean it. It's almost meaningless to say TNA is number two. I mean, it is meaningless to say TNA is number two. Okay, I've always what? said that. That means absolutely nothing at all. I mean, say, 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 you know, it, it's not, it's not the same. Being number two uh, when WWE has what ninety percent of the market. I mean, it's it's right. ridiculous. Anyway. It, it has, <laughs> yeah. Well, we ended up spending a lot of time on that. I mean, we just got. I, I think because we just got so wrapped up in Sinclair's stupidity. <laughs> I mean, seriously. But anyway. Uh, okay, quickly, Chailson, and, uh, you know, because I guess just, you know, I'm going to want to try to keep the podcast mostly being wrestling, even though we do cover MMA on the site, but I decided, you know, just name it this week in wrestling because it's a nice name, but it's, so, and that's, we're, we're mostly going to keep it, but because this is probably the MMA story that I've covered most in depth on the site, uh, I think we should talk about it a little bit, uh, you know, the perjury or whatever you want to call it in front of the commission in December for <laughs> hearing for, you know, trying to appeal his steroid-positive suspension, saying it was hormone replacement therapy, saying he had talked to Heath Kaiser in Nevada about 
getting cleared there when you never talked to Keith Kaiser about anything. So, and then you know they even brought up the uh, you know his money money laundering guilty plea, you know. But the, they ended up upholding a they ended up suspending him indefinitely. It was upheld at the hearing with a four to one vote, and then. Uh, at, I don't know if they made the wrong move. Honestly, you know, I've been sick for the last couple of days. I've been planning on maybe calling George Dodd at the California Commission to ask about it. But at first, it seemed like he was going to be out for at least a year. Now, he can reapply for a license at the end of June, if it, but they don't have to grant it. Uh, so who knows what happens. I'm guessing they probably won't. Because punishing him for, you know, suspending him for two months is nothing. No, that's not even a suspension. Yeah. I mean, in, in the world of mixed martial arts, being gone for two months means nothing. I mean, that, that, means, less, that means less than TNA being the, <laughs> the number two promotion. You, right. you, it, it, it doesn't uh, – six months even isn't even a real suspension. Yeah. I mean, real, realistically. But, you know, the other states have to notify them when, you know, if he re- tries to get a license. Yeah, Nevada, uh, who knows what his situation is going to be there because he officially has no license and Keith Kaiser's not going to give him one administratively. Well, well until a hearing, I, and they, are gonna have, they were planning a hearing. I have no idea if they're scheduling it, at least if they're waiting until the suspension in California is over. Probably so. But, I mean, one, one thing you've got to, I, I, and I really believe this, if... If they believe there is money to be made big time off Son, and if any, uh, you know, Dana White or any promoter anywhere, for that matter, down the road at Mixed Martial Arts, believes there's money to be made off of him, he's gonna, they're gonna find a way to fight, no matter what the terms of any suspension are. Uh, it, it, uh, I don't, you know, Josh Gross and other people saying they won't commit that UFC is too wary of the commission to commission shots. You, you know what? I, I, I want to believe that's true, and I think they. For political reasons, it probably is, is, is wise to assume that is true, um, and and for you know Dana and everybody and involved. And it. Not Brock well, I guess, for Brock Lesnar, maybe they do it. That's true. Are they I mean, that is true for Chael Sonnen. I, I mean, <sighs> all they have in Chael Sonnen, they have one. All he's given to them was one Anderson Silva by you know pay per view. That did at the upper level of what Anderson Silva fights could do. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. He's not. He's not Brock. Um, not Saint, he's not Saint Pierre. He's not Saint Pierre. He's not Couture. He's, he's, he's not even Chuck. You know, he's not Chuck Liddell. He's not. He. he they, I. Do, it's not wise for them to do it. They know it's not. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happens if he. What happens if he applies for a new California license and is rejected? Because um, I always forget what happens. I, if, it, I know it doesn't reflect well on him, but he still would probably be able to find commissions that could would license him, and it's not the same as a suspension. It's complicated. Uh, but it still it just seems like for him because it's, it's, it's still like has, always and Nevada is still in play. It's something happening. I mean, yeah. I mean, it seems like there's always these things always work out with the fighter. I mean. There, obviously, the DS situation is, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot different from uh, however long back that was. God, I have no concept of time. But uh, and 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 
to, to be uh, perfectly frank, I, I really like Nick Diaz. I'd rather watch him fight than almost anybody else. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not panning uh, Nick Diaz as a fighter here. But, uh, you know, it seems like any time something happens, uh, the, the suspensions never seem as severe as they're initially going to be. Um, and, and obviously, Sonnen's situation is a lot worse than, than Diaz or, or Shirk or some of these other guys that have been suspended or, or for, because of drug violations or whatever. But it, it just never seems like it's as severe as, as, it, as it, you, it, it's supposed to be. It never, ever seems to happen. So I'm, I, 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 I'm, I know. I mean, you know, you know, the only one, I mean, well, that one, and that one wasn't even a commission suspension because it was USC overseeing it. Yeah. Um, what is, why am I forgetting? What is, uh, I, I know his name. Why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Um, first season Ultimate Fighter. Why am I forgetting his uh, name? Uh, Stephen Bonner. No, no, not Bonner. I'm not even. Well, Bonner did too. Bonner came clean too and took the year suspension. Well, why am I forgetting his name? Um, what's his name? Fatherless Bastard. <laughs> the guy who, the guy who, what's his name called the Fatherless Bastard? Why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Why the hell am I forgetting his name? Well, mainly because I... I know I, I, his name. I mean, <laughs> this, is one, this is a brain fart, I swear to God. Okay, Ultimate Fighter. Okay, wait, wait, okay, wait where's, where's the damn Wikipedia article? Okay, I apologize, everyone. Um, okay, meanwhile, uh, there was a pay-per-view Sunday. I did not see it. You did. Um, it was bad. I mean, I look... Oh, yeah, you know, as, I, as, we, possibly, as we pan off here on Over the Limit... I, I saw the pay-per-view. Um, I watch every WWE pay-per-view I, 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 uh, because there's a sports bar two blocks from my house, so it makes it very, very easy, and it's always fun to go with my 8-year-old. Uh, <laughs> this was... Um, Chris Lieben. Yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> Lieben. Yeah, the foot stomper. That's how I... I okay. Lieben. Okay, there okay. You go. anyway. Um, destroying doors, whatever. He... The over limit was a... Um, a pretty bad show, I thought. I thought it, I thought it was the worst WWE WWE pay per view from top to bottom in, in quite a long time. I, I usually do not agree with uh, uh, Meltzer or certainly not Alvarez on quality of shows. We tend to have differing opinions on that time after time, but I'm pretty sure they pan the show, and I think they're right for once. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Christian versus Randy Orton was an excellent match, uh, especially the last five minutes. Lawler and, uh, and and Michael Cole, the, the the that segment I thought was really entertaining and a, and a pretty good blow off. Uh, although the follow up the next night was kind of strange. Our um, Truth and Rey Mysterio had a decent enough match. I think Truth has proven to be pr- fairly interesting and a little bit different as a heel. But uh, overall, it was a really bad show, uh, and I, I think it, I, I think a very boring show. You know, one thing about wrestling pay-per-views in general is, I think in some ways the worst thing you can be, even worse than terrible, is boring. And and th- it was a show where there was a lot, there was a lot of stuff that just seemed to go on forever. The main event seemed to go on forever. Wade Barrett is like the most boring guy on earth, and he, I mean, he just, his matches seemed to go on forever. The the uh, uh, Sin Cara and Chavo, I think, in some ways, was kind of the story of the night because I think a lot of people, myself included, had figured, well, Chavo could be a pretty good base for him, and and maybe it can you know give us a look at at him with somebody who can kind of be a good base for his high spots. Danielson was a few weeks ago on, on, on SmackDown, to be fair. But, you know, this is in a bigger setting on pay-per-view or whatever. And uh, it, that match was just a disaster. I mean, I, it, 
Carr looked absolutely terrible. I, I and and uh, you know I I can't. I, I obviously the the gimmick is over with kids. My my daughter loves it. Uh, I think most kids are super into it based on the reactions he gets live and what you hear from the house shows, and and that's good. You know I have no problem with that. But uh, as far as in the ring, he's. Uh, He's really tough to watch. I, I don't know that he's going to be adaptable to WWE at all in the ring. I, I just don't see how. He he doesn't. He appears to actually be getting worse <laughs> week to week. Uh, and Chava's and Chava's the guy who you would expect to have done best with him. Absolutely, because because he's a, he's a traditionally, at least in my opinion, a pretty good base, uh, a guy that can take high spots uh, really well, dynamic high spots really well, and a guy that's just a pretty smart worker in general. Uh, yeah. you, you know, a veteran who who's, who's always been pretty good about you know, catering to the strength of others and, and getting his stuff in at the same time, uh, and making other people's stuff look good, and. Uh, you know, I've heard some people speculate that maybe Chavo was had, had got hurt or knocked uh, knocked up. You know, something knocked, knocked, knocked up. Yeah, like karma. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, during the match, uh, something had happened. Maybe he got his brain scrambled or whatever. But I don't. Um, I, I didn't see where that would have happened. And it, I, I like I said, in some ways, I think that was almost the story of the show because, on the one hand, he's clearly over. He clearly does cater to kids. There's clearly a market for him, and he's going to be around if for no other reason than because if you believe the stories of the Triple H Pep Project. But the reality is, I don't see any way this guy is going to be able to adapt to WWE style at all. He 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 wrestles like a um, a less consistent 2003 era 2000 you know uh Jeff Hardy <laughs> Jeff Hardy when Vince McMahon was 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 giving him like uh inspirational messages every every day <laughs> yes i mean it is every very Jeff Hardy. It, it, it's very it's very it's it's all, it really is uncomfortable to watch and i think uh the finish to the match was actually really scary i i i mean he he really Chavo just got spiked in a in a very nasty fashion, and, and it it uh it, it just didn't look good. It looked really dangerous. I I I would worry, um, uh, you know about about him in general, uh, hmm. just being in the ring. I mean, he 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 it just the the spots don't look clean, and, and uh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Yeah, I mean, quick, yeah quickly, I want to ask you about the main event before we move on to sort of Savage and Raw together. Um, I heard the main event compared to both Vince versus Brett at WrestleMania and rape porn. <laughs> um, it, I actually thought uh, the finish to Lawler Cole was closer to rape porn with uh, mysterious fluid dripping off of Cole's face while he had foot shoves in his mouth and was hunched over with a man's uh, crotch directly above his ass. But if you, if you, if you ignore that, I, I look, I've, I've always been a big defender of, of, of Cena. Um, I think he has had uh, some outstanding uh, runs in the ring and has been a big, big talent, a huge talent for them uh, overall, certainly. Uh, but you definitely, uh, you, they've, they've really gotten lazy about how they book him in these gimmick matches. Um, and they're no, you know, Cena, I, I don't blame him. 
uh, I think there's a tendency always to certain, within certain quarters of smart fans, if you will, to to blame him or the big star, whoever it be, it was Hogan in the 80s, you know, uh, I, and, and sort of point the finger of blame. But, I, I, but the match, it went on forever. I thought Miz came off really badly in that match. It was He just came off really forced to me as a, uh, as a you know, heel. The whole match just talking in the microphone and explaining everything he was going to do. Like we had to beat the crowd over the head with what he was about. We couldn't just be, you couldn't just beat him with a uh, kendo stick. You had to explain to him for five minutes on the microphone why Alex Riley held him down, what you were going to do. Then you had to do it. It, it was, uh, it was not uncomfortable in the way that, uh, you know, you you would rape porn ask it wasn't uh, dump versus Chagusa <laughs> but 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 it, it was you know it, it wasn't a good match it went on real long and uh, I think it it sort of has exposed the weakness in these constant gimmick match uh, yeah. main events on pay per views they can't, because they, they, they can't do it so often they do it so often. And they're, they, they've become trapped within the, their own formulas for these things. They really have. So I, I, I think that that was definitely uh, a low point for both Cena and Miz for the year. That's how I would put it. I, I thought it was a low point for them for the year. Uh, and, and both guys, I think, have had, certainly Miz, and, and I even think Cena, have had pretty good years in the ring. I mean, you argue about the, maybe their portrayal uh, uh, character and characterization with Cena, but uh, in the ring, I think both guys have had pretty good years, and I thought that was a low point. Okay, so Raw, you know, which is probably most of the time not something we're going to be covering in depth since we're going to be doing these on Sundays. Um, you know, obviously we're, we'll talk about the Savage stuff in a second. No, the Karma segment was weird in the first place. Now knowing today <laughs> that apparently she's pregnant, uh, WWE uh, writing a segment where a Woman is written off TV having that she had gotten pregnant four weeks or so into her monster push where she had not even wrestled yet. And they are punishing her by doing an angle where they shoot on, appear to be shooting on the square about her legitimate emotional problems and have her have a kind of horrifying, realistic-looking panic attack in the middle of the ring. Yeah, which I- is... Oh, out there and w- and only in WWE that it bordered on um, art. I, <laughs> I I I I got what I I think I got what they were going for, which was the uh, the Flash the back whole being kicked on, yeah, yeah, the whole the whole uh, you know uh, pretty girls uh, pick on me because I'm fat and not. But knowing but, her <laughs> history and knowing what why yeah, sure. How Absolutely. Yeah. It, it it was very much. It, it kind of, it, in a weird way, obviously in a more serious way, it had to feel like those Molly Holly has a big ass shit that they pulled years ago. This sort of like, um, you know, turning. I don't know. I don't know why they do stuff like that. I don't know if it's just that well, we these guys get off on degradation of women or what. But it it it, it, it the. It was a very strange segment. I mean, if you know the person is going to be gone because of a pregnancy, and we're, I, I guess we're still speculating on that. I mean, it's kind of a read between the lines deal at this point. But, uh, you know, if you know she's going to be out for nine months, for whatever reason, I'll cover our bases here, um, it stands to reason that 
you don't even necessarily have to write her off of the show. She's only been there for a few weeks. And you, cer- you certainly don't have to write her off the show that way. I, 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 I thought it was I, – I didn't think it was tasteless per se until you just sort of put that in perspective. Now I kind of do. But I, I, I just thought it was bizarre. And not only that, but the crowd totally took a dump on it. I mean, it, 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 They actually seem to sort of get the idea and be vaguely into it at first. Yes, but when it just when they just they, it, when it went on for another couple minutes, it you just, know what? It, it 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 sort of reminded me of the uh, infamous uh, Oliver McCall breakdown during the Lennox Lewis rematch, where he just sort of was stalking around the ring crying while Lewis threw jabs <laughs> after the first. I mean, it was it was very. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what what the purpose or meaning behind that was, especially since they know she's not going to be on TV for at least nine months. Hey, yeah, are they bringing her uh, back as a babyface in nine months and then showing this clip? Uh... I, I have no clue. I mean, it, it, it doesn't. Uh, it really doesn't lend itself to any obvious um, long term implication. I mean, I, there, there's no. It just doesn't feel like anything that they can do a lot with. Um, because, but then again, there was a lot of stuff. The show was, Raw was weird. I mean, if you if you stand by beside, you know, you look at the Alex Riley babyface turn, which went better was, than they could have expected. I mean, he got a gigantic response from the crowd. And on top of it, if you watch it, yes, Miz provoked him and belittled him and fired him. But Alex Riley, I mean, it came across more like Alex Riley was the one turning heel once it actually got physical. Yeah, it went on for a while. It was it was fairly savage beatdown by the <laughs> by the standards of WWE today, and uh, you know it was. Uh, and he got a huge reaction. I it, I was very very surprised. I thought he did well, uh, and I'm hardly a fan of the guy overall, but he 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 certainly did well. Um, I mean, uh, as just another example, sort of a strange thing that came out of Raw. I mean, there's just there's a few things on the show that were very unexpected and odd, even by the standards of you know a, a show that has Mark Henry selling a sweat because it smells weird or whatever. <laughs> so since our plan backfired on us, Randy Savage. Um, quickly, let's just you know the tribute video on Raw was perfect. Could not have been better. Yeah. Um, the Punk getting Macho Man trunks made and wearing them with his yellow boots. Awesome. Uh, not much more we can really say. Not surprised Vince didn't speak. Probably better not to talk about that for now. Um, so, you know, got 20 minutes. So, uh, you know, obviously, if we were just recording this on Skype, we would have more, but that's the maximum on talk show. But uh, what can you say? You know? I mean, you know, Savage, uh, look, I, I, I've, I've posed this question several times to people, uh, both online and in person over the last uh, couple of days. I, 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 you know, and I'm not even going to state it in the form of a question here because the more I think about it, the more I think it's true. I, I think Savage, uh, Randy Savage, is the greatest all-around performer in the history of the WWF uh, and yeah. WWE. Yeah. And I actually don't think it's particularly close uh, when you when you when you really cut yeah. down and look at the people that that you would be comparing him to maybe a rock who had a very short run relatively or, or an austin who had uh you know certain flaws i think his face turn sort of falling on or his heel turn rather falling on his face i mean there, there there's guys that you could certainly put in the discussion if you wanted to i think um, austin would be number two 
I would agree, I would definitely agree with Austin being number two. But I um, I, I, I think and, you know, Brand, just I I, I just feel. Yeah. I, I just feel like Savage is the clear number one overall. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the guy with the star power. He's the guy with the match quality. He's the guy with the charisma, uh, the, the, promos. the promos. He's yeah. the guy you look at as the sort of total package. Um, I think he's one of the five uh, most identifiable stars on a pop culture level of the last 30 years in pro wrestling. Uh, him, Hogan, uh, Austin, uh, Andre, Rock, Rock, and, I, and Andre. Piper, I would say six. I, yeah, I would agree with Piper probably at six as well. Uh, maybe with with Flair, maybe you know rounding out seven or eight I, or somewhere. I, no, in there. I wouldn't put Flair that high. I honestly wouldn't. Fla- Flair's a Flair's a bigger deal down south. Well, I think, yeah, than he is up I mean, north. you're in the Carolinas. So I mean, that, that's I think that's partially a regional deal. And I actually think that's another area where Savage is so incredible is that he sort of transcends uh, yeah. region. And he transcends the kind of fan. I mean, the casual fans love Savage. Hardcore, Hardcore fans love Savage. He's one of the very few guys that can be said about. I mean, very, very few where he is a almost universally loved figure. Uh, it, it definitely is the um, hardest-hitting wrestling death uh, to me, on a personal level, because he was such a childhood hero uh, of mine, uh, since really since I think for me personally, since Candido died, just because uh, the circumstances behind Chris Candido dying were so awful and so yeah. sad. But but I, this 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 is much bigger than Candido, obviously. And 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 you know, I mean, one other thing about Savage that I think has maybe not been mentioned a lot of places, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for this. Everybody talks about Savage Steamboat at WrestleMania three. Uh, Bill Simmons wrote about it really, uh, compared it favorably to all the major sporting events of that year in his column today on ESPN.com, which I thought was a, a really, really cool tribute for a, a sports-obsessed guy like Simmons. Um, but I, I really think with, with Macho, uh, to me, the WrestleMania thing I will always remember, uh, and, and probably my most watched match of all time, a match I've watched more than any match ever, is Savage versus Warrior. And uh, I, I really think, in some ways, that match became the the template for the sort of this match is this is you know the sort of uh, Undertaker style uh, bio epic Clash yeah. of the Titans WWE yeah. style main events that have come to define WrestleMania ever since. I, I uh, t- yeah, you to got me, multiple finishers. You know. Absolutely, and to to me, the moment when Savage kicks out of Warrior's finish, which to my mind, I don't know if it had ever been done at that point. Uh, Hogan had lost so. to it the year prior. Uh, yeah, they didn't I, do a false finish. With no, him. they did not. And and to me, when he kicks out of uh, you know uh, Warrior's finish, and they do the uh, Warrior does the look at his hands, my God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> spot, as I call it. That that to me is like, yes, it's cheesy and corny to an extent, but, but it, I think it is the most pu- perfectly executed moment of its kind that they have ever done. And I don't know that it could ever have been done with anybody other than Savage. I think that is a real testament to how great he was as a uh, as an in-ring performer and as an overall performer. Um, you know that that to me is that my that that will always be my defining uh, memory of Randy Savage is that match versus Warrior. Uh, I just, I, I really, I, I think it's probably uh, uh, my pick for the best match in WrestleMania history, and uh, certainly, certainly my pick uh, for my favorite 
uh, WWF match ever. Yeah, uh, one thing I was thinking about when you were talking about you know, how, how the thing was kind of cheesy and it worked better with Savage than it would have with other people, Savage had a way of, he could be both a cartoon character and be work as a more traditional, real baby face and heel. Absolutely. He could be, you know, in, you know, could be feuding with Ultimate Warrior. He could do these skits, you know, at his mansion where, you know, a major ma- women's magazine is, pay, you know, offering him more money than they gave Burt Reynolds for the centerfold and all that. You know, or he can threaten to splatter Liz across the, you know, medical room. <laughs> or he can, you know, or, you know, he's getting beaten the hell out of him by Honky Tonk Man and the Hard Foundation, and, you know, and just selling it and, you know, being, you know, the most sympathetic, you know. He just, yeah, you know, he's, he's a very, tra- he was a very transcendent figure. I mean, that term gets obviously overused, but I, I don't, I don't think that's, uh, I think in Savage's case, it certainly applies. And he, I mean, when you think about some of the bi- 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 when I think about some of the, my favorite moments in wrestling history, I was shocked just reflecting the other day about how many of them involved him. You know, obviously you have the mega powers exploding, which when I was a kid was like the coolest thing ever. You know, I was don't get me wrong, I was heartbroken at the time, but it was still the coolest thing ever. You know, you had uh, the Savage Warrior match, and of course, uh, maybe the most terrifying angle ever when I was a kid, other than when I was there live when, uh, or when, when uh, the, uh, the funk tying the bag on uh, Flair's head. But the, that the, thing better it, be devenomized. Yes. It better be, it better be devenomized. <laughs> now, I, 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 I'm trying to remember if it had the big red X when I watched it. Uh, they, I know the... Or it depended certain, on the market. I, I, I can't remember if when it aired... The whole thing had the red X or not. I know the there thing was I a remember, version with the big red X. There definitely was. The thing I remember the most about it was when Savage was getting up and swinging wildly, and he yeah, he was, and Vince was like, oh no. I remember being absolutely mortified and terrified to death that Randy Savage was actually going to die. That Jake the Snake had killed him, and he he was and he was not going to live through this, and uh, you know. That 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 to me is like, and the maybe I mean like that's like a top five yeah, uh, wrestling and, angle ever. I mean, For, I, you named a lot of them that, you know, all of the whole Jake feud. Yeah, the whole Jake feud was great. It was brilliant. It's actually a shame. Feud. It's a shame, and and I think actually one of, you know, I touched on this elsewhere, but I think one of the really strange things about Savage's career is. In some ways, and don't get me wrong, he was tailor-made for mid-'80s and late-'80s WWF. Tailor-made for it, the perfect guy for them to have there. But in some ways, you know, I think particularly we underappreciate how good he was in the ring, especially because he wasn't a Crockett guy. I mean, if he had had worked for Crockett in the mid-to-late-'80s and then turned around and come to work for Vince and wrestled against Brett and Austin in his prime – uh, and, and Owen Hart and people like that in 95, 96, in that era, he, his body of work uh, would probably be even bigger as far as, as far as quality, unbelievably great in-ring matches. I mean, he had great series with Tito. It's ha- extremely unheralded. He had a great series with oh, yeah. Steamboat, I mean, obviously. Uh, I mean, my favorite but, with Tito, though, was the one that never aired on TV until it was on class. The Toronto match. match. Which, yeah, they had this, I guess it was an ODQ match in Toronto, 
which never aired anywhere until it was on Classics on Demand a year or two ago. And it is just frigging incredible. I it's a great match. It's a great. It's it's as good as any match the WWE have had for that entire decade. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and yeah, you, know, you can talk about how much Tito's underrated. You know, there, you know, the it's you know, it's and you think about, you know, the title win over Tito also is just one of those. If you're a kid who was watching WWF TV and renting all the Coliseum videos and stuff. That's one of those things that's ingrained in your mind, you know. How <laughs> WWF at the Boston Garden looked, the foreign object that Savage used, <laughs> you know, the the pizza cold roll deal that you know, as a uh, gorilla said it was, that you know, that, that with that little, you know, little, you know, dumbbell looking thing that he had that he nailed Tito with, and uh, somehow kept in his trunks without anyone noticing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, he. <laughs> He was the Macho Man. I yeah. maybe he was well endowed and was easily well, hideable. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> actually, wait. Have you seen the? Did you see? Did you watch the uh, clip of him on Arsenio? Yes. He actually he actually does make a reference to that at the beginning of. Which yes, by the way, anyone who has not watched it, yet, please you know maybe it's back a page or two. The clip I posted on KHIC's of him on Arsenio is the greatest wrestler on the talk show appearance you will ever see in your life. It's pretty great. It is. Uh, I mean, I still even saw some people say it's probably one of the greatest appearances they've seen, ever seen anyone ever make on any late night talk show. <laughs> it is, I mean, you know, and he was, and even, you know, the, the next time he was on our studio a few years later, it wasn't as good, but he just knew how to own that, you know, own, own that stage. Well, I mean, look, he was, he was, uh, you talk about a guy, I mean, obviously charisma is always innate and it's always natural. It's not something that's learned. That's a typical wrestling talking point, but it's also a wrestling talking point that happens to be true. Well, with him, Sa- you're God. I mean, yeah, Savage is, I mean, he might be the most charismatic guy ever. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think really, even if you don't like Bill Simmons, people really should read Bill Simmons' column yeah. on him today. Because, because Simmons, I think, really sort of points out how... Um, and and that was on the front page of ESPN.com, which was pretty cool, too. I mean, you don't get to see that very often. A big macho man uh, picture on the front page of ESPN.com. But uh, Simmons really points out how even though you knew that some of the stuff Savage was doing was kind of cheesy and, and, and kind of lame, he was he was the 80s, you know, during yeah. that period. And, and, he, and, he, and there was nobody better than him. And you, he, he, there was nobody that was as charismatic and as dynamic and as representative as that era as him. Period. I, I, I think that is totally true. And again, he was definitely the total package. And it's a shame that Vince and him had the falling out they had because I really think he could have been great with Vince for for years. Long. I mean, he did some good stuff in WCW. I love the Diamond Dallas Page feud. I think it's one of the most underrated feuds of the whole Monday Night War era. But he 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 really could have done some brilliant stuff with them. Uh, had, had he stayed with Vince and had Vince not been so stupid as to think he was finished, I think really years before he actually was. Yeah, uh, you know, I, is, I, you know, that's people. A lot of people have been talking about that lately. The you know, the last couple of days that boy did yeah he gave up on him too soon. He, he gave up on him too. I mean, look, even if you look at one of another one of my favorite, actually, this is one of my favorite moments in wrestling history too. Involves Savage is you know uh, when when Jannetty and uh, a kid won the titles from the Quebecers on Raw. Oh, and he which just was, runs in the ring and he, and he sprints in the ring and starts hugging him like it is the greatest achievement in the history of Western man. 
<laughs> I remember it made that they, I mean, it seemed so out of nowhere and special in the first place that they won the tag titles. But then the Savage is just running in the ring all of a sudden for no reason, like this madman possessed with glee that they won the tag titles. Yeah, I mean, that that seriously is one of my favorite moments also in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, me too, because it's like, I actually, I'm surprised more people don't talk about that because it was such a, such a good match, and it, you know, then you know, people, you know, one of those little things that people would love, you know, that they won with the rocker plex. Yep. Uh, and Savage is like, oh my god, this is the great, you know, and he's just holding them up and giving them the belts and. Yeah, I mean, it really was. It was a great, great moment. Um, See, you know, and, you and, and it was, and honestly, the. the that's something, like, if I'm Mr. McMahon I see that, I call it an audible, and I have them keep the belts for longer than a week. It was such a moment. It was a moment, and it, it's, it, it was a, a moment that sort of, in some ways, uh, identified what Vince, was go, what, what Vince was trying to go for at that time, that sort of anything can happen on Monday Night Raw. I mean, that, that, that was, you know, I mean, that, that very early in Monday Night Raw, and that's sort of the feel that that had, you know, anything can happen here. Not only have this underdog team won the belts totally randomly, and, this sort of makes your team. It was the two guys who won on the the show that was in WWF magazine, the night of the underdog show. That's right. That's right. You and, know, the, and, and where Eddie appearing, coming back. And then the, uh, the, the razor. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, was, it could be right. And so you've got, and, on the, to, and then you've got, and then you've got, you know, one of the biggest stars in the history of the company. Certainly no worse at that point than the third biggest star in the history of the company. <laughs> running, running into the ring and celebrating it as if it is the greatest moment, not just of their life, but of, of his life as well. <laughs> just, I mean, the, yeah. I can't think of anything else like that. I mean, you have the group of baby faces running and lift the guy on their shoulders. You know, you don't it doesn't come off as natural as that. See, that's that's he an just, example of where Savage's charisma just, yeah. and, and and his connection with the crowd was so authentic. You know, all those other – I mean, there have been other versions of that that have been done okay, but none of them felt like – you know, Savage, Savage, Savage put over the fact that that was such a huge upset and that it was such a big moment better than anybody else could have just by doing what he did. Yeah. And that's another perfect example of one of the many little things – that turned out to be a big thing because Savage's personality was so big. I mean, it, 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 there's a litany of those, but that's just one of many examples you could point to of the guy having such a huge personality and such a connection with the fan base. I mean, as Simmons says in his column today, <laughs> Savage, you know, was a heel who was, who was working an implied abuse relationship with Elizabeth and somehow managed to eventually parlay that, parlay that into being the biggest baby face in the company. <laughs> I mean, that's not easy to do, you know. I mean, you, you've got to have a real, real talent and uh, a, a real, uh, real charisma, not bullshit, phony charisma, to, to pull that off. You can't pull that off any other way, period. Yeah. You, can't, you, can't, you can't, that can't be phoned in or manufactured. We are running short on time due to the talk to restrictions. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess I kind of got out a lot of what I wanted to say you know, in that kind of in the random Randy Savage memories post I put up, uh, you know, just so I mean I don't even know really what else I can say past that. You know, it's, it's a shame, and I mean it's really been something to see the reaction. 
It's a shame. Uh, it's been something to see a reaction, and I, I, I think this is definitely an instance where I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, you don't realize what you have until it's gone type deal. Uh, because Savage, uh, because of the fact that he sort of rode off into the sunset and hasn't really been in the spotlight, and again, to his credit, I, I like that yeah. he is not. But I think because of that, you know, um, there's sort of, I think people... He's one of those people that is not around, but it was always just assumed that he would be around, and maybe one day he would show up at a Hall of Fame, or one day he would randomly show up on Raw, or you know. And now that won't happen, and uh, nobody. And it's too bad because uh, it would have been awesome. And realistically, as I said, I do think he probably is the best all-around guy Vince ever had in that company. Yep. And and there's and I can guarantee you this is cliche. I can guarantee you there is never going to be anybody like him again because the way they, the way they, they hire produce people. guys yeah. now and hire people now, you can fucking forget it. I mean, he, he, he's, he, there's nobody that's going to be like him again. Oh, and you know, one thing I don't think I mentioned in the post, I'll just get it out with, that's not LaParka! <laughs> Where, I mean, that's not necessarily his performance in making that great, but is probably actually one of my favorite Randy Savage moments. And we are really running out of time, so I want to get this in before it cuts us off. So, you know, this is the beta of the official number one, whatever, on Sunday, you know, either coming out Monday morning, whatever. And, you know, who knows, maybe we'll be talking about how WWE bought the ROH video library <laughs> player broadcasting for uh, $100,000. So <laughs> <laughs> for less than the Pontiac Silverdome. Yes. Gee, that's 